always delighted to be talking with someone who's crafting in the world of young readers fiction, middle grades fiction. Uh, delighted on this episode to be talking with award-winning author Joe Hackle. Joe, thank you for jumping in and joining. And I'll mention smack dab in the middle of maybe here at the beginning of the episode, which, uh, as you were just telling me, is a southern Southern book prize, uh-huh, book book prize. prize winner uh-huh. and an Amazon teacher's pick as well. Uh, yes. Thank you, Justin. I've been very, very lucky. Yeah. That, well, uh, glad to have this story out in the world and glad to be talking with you about it and about your path in writing and particularly writing for young people. Uh, and thanks for the time. Thank you for taking the Absolutely. time to talk with me. Well, thanks for all that you're doing to build up the reading and educational communities. We do what we can. Blush, blush. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, So curious, I usually ask about that connection to the written word. This this is part of what I do. Uh, Every day Mm -hmm. I'm trying to connect young people to reading. So I'm curious about that connection point for you. Well, for me, the written word really started with the spoken word. Uh, So I... um, I spent most of my young life in an overgrown ghost town in rural Mississippi, uh-huh, uh-huh. If where storytelling was a major form of entertainment. So some of my first memories are hearing great storytellers. And then um, when I uh, learned to read, it was great because then the entire world of stories was open to me. And um and as you might imagine, living in rural Mississippi, um, when you came, when I came home from school, I was home from school, mm-hmm. um, and my nearest friends lived, you know, miles away. So I spent a lot of time on my own reading um, and exploring uh, the piney woods and streams around me, and um, and really um, kind of came into my own as a reader in that environment great place for the imagination Mm -hmm. great place yeah um curious about the kinds of stories that you're drawn to tell and the kind of exploring that you like to do in story well you know the advice often given to authors is write the books that you'd like to read and um um and everything i write um always has an outdoor environment uh element um because as southerners i think there's a special relationship with the land and having spent so much time outdoors growing up, I really wanted to introduce readers to a side of the outdoors that maybe they hadn't yet, you know, paid attention to, you know, that the way that the birds start, you know, squawking uh, when you first walk into a forest, because they're kind of letting other birds and animals know that there's somebody there who is not commonly there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and all the rich smells and the, you know, the, um, the change of season. So I really wanted to immerse readers in uh, natural settings, whether it's as in the case of a uh, smack dab, uh, an overgrown history of haunted ghost town, or in a book that's sitting on my agent's desk, uh, the uh, Blue Ridge mountains, or in the book that I'm working on right now, um, a, a rural, a little bit more populated uh, area of, of Mississippi, but they all have a connection to the natural world. And I also love um, uh, the way that being a writer allows you to really use two sides of your brain, the creative side and the analytical. Mm-hmm. And I really, and um, 
writing for younger readers is so satisfying because they are so smart. And so I love to give them problems and clue trails to solve right alongside the main character. Um, so for example, Smack Dab was inspired by my two favorite books growing up, um, My Side of the Mountain, mm-hmm. Outdoor Outdoor Adventures, um, which inspired me to spend even more time outdoors. And then from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil Lee Frankweller, um, you know, with the clue trail and then also an art element. I am not an not a visual artist, um, but I de- definitely appreciate visual artists. Mm-hmm. So everything I write, I also try to include um, mentions of artists who I greatly admire, might not be as well known as others, and really kind of uh, hopefully intrigue the reader to uh, to go and learn more. Love it, love it. Oh, and, uh, you're speaking my language with um, stories of. Uh, the outside of these um, sometimes seemingly haunted landscapes of mm-hmm. uh, the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, so just uh, spaces where stories just echo. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I love writing um, for younger readers, although half of my readership has been adults, mm-hmm. um, because the, yeah, what I write has layers, but young readers are kind of making up their mind about how the world works. Uh And I love the opportunity to be a voice in that and hopefully a positive voice in that. So my characters do spend a lot of time in the outdoors. And the thing about being in the outdoors is it gives you plenty of time to think. Um, And, you know, you're not around electronics. um, There's a line in, in Smack Tab that, Woods time uh, lets you um, kind of become, know who you are. Um, And if you're going to spend any time out in the woods, you you better get comfortable with who you are. (laughs) So there, you know, in, in every, in every book, you know, the character is growing and changing. And I like to think that spending time in nature helps the character uh, to become even more in touch um, with the person uh, that they really are. Love that. Love that. And that taps in a little bit to the next question that I was going to ask, which is, um, what do you hope readers take away? And I know there's generally not one particular uh, takeaway, but anything that you might mention there? Well, um, I'm a first generation college graduate. And um, Mm -hmm. oh, good, good. Yes, there's. um, And so, you know, probably like you, I have long been fascinated by um, the concepts of grit and resiliency Mm -hmm. and looking at, you know, um, you know, folks who didn't have, um, you know, parents who had gone to college, hadn't had that opportunity. And you look at, you know, some of your friends who maybe didn't have the opportunity to go on. And I was really lucky, probably like you, I was, you know, scholarships really made my journey possible. Mm-hmm. And thinking about, okay, well, what are some of the things that help to promote grit and resiliency um, among students? And how are ways that characters can develop their grit and resiliency skills? And, you know, every character starts out in one place and ends up in another place you know, through a series of obstacles and trials. And, um, and so I, I always have um, the character facing really challenging situations and um, and overcoming that. And then the other theme I would th- say is hope. Mm-hmm. And what I love again about writing for this age group is no matter whether the character gets what they want or gets what they expected in the end, you 
always leave the reader with hope. And that's something that I take a lot of uh, just personal satisfaction in trying to do well, you know, the old line, you know, you want to give an ending that is surprising yet inevitable. And so, Uh you know, um, and, and that's where the analytical side of the brain comes in and really making sure that you, um, the reader looks at the ending and thinks, yes, I could have, I didn't see that coming, but it absolutely, um, based on all the little cookie crumbs that have been left in the book. Yes, it uh, it is a, a hopefully one of the many uh, possible perfect endings. Love that. Love it. Uh, um, I'm also going to jump back for a moment and mention that I love what you said about having an adult readership as well as a younger readership, because mm-hmm. I feel like middle grades, young adult, um, so many books that are marketed for younger readers can be appreciated just by a a wide range of readers. So I really like that you said that as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And actually, um, all I read is middle grade now um, because, um, you know, as we talked about, middle grade readers are so smart Mm -hmm. and they don't have patience for the writer just showing off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, these long flowery passages, they're so fun to write, you know, you just kind of show up and, you know, you give all these descriptions, but every single element of the story has to serve either to reveal character or to move the plot along. And so that's a very intricate balance to make sure that you're giving the reader an immersive world, mm-hmm. um, but you're also not wasting their time. And, um, and so to me, they're really, um, very hard to write because you always have to, you know, ask yourself those questions and make sure that you're staying on task. So I, um, developed a tool that I'm happy to tell you about at the end with the resources, Mm -hmm. um, to help you go line by line by line, but I generally cut between 30 and 40% of my word count um, from the beginning draft to the end, which is, um, I will say, a very inefficient way of writing. Um, But it does allow room to explore ideas on the page and to really see what's going to resonate with readers, what isn't, and also respect the the investment that a reader is making in reading your book. Mm -hmm. You want for every single word to count and to kind of earn its place in the story. And, um, and so I, I actually really, really enjoyed the editing process. Nice. Nice. I don't know. You might be the first writer who said that, but, but hopefully not the only writer on the show that said that. Um, so very cool. Very cool. So I think by means of a final official question, because no time has passed everyone, no time has passed from the last time we were talking to right now. It is completely the same meeting. Um, In addition to smack dab in the middle of maybe, any particular resources that you would want to share with listeners? Because I I know you're quite a busy and active person. So uh, anything that you'd like to share in that regard? Well, thank you so much for uh, that question and uh, for allowing me to share the resources. Um, You know, as we talked about, I am a first generation college graduate Mm -hmm. and it's really important to me to provide resources that support educators like you and others who changed my life, literally. 
And so I've been very fortunate to work with a team of experienced educators and a neuroscience major and come up with a number of uh, free, completely free um, activities and resources on my website. And many of them can be used whether or not they've read uh, Smack Dab or not. Um, so if you'd like, I've got a list and I'm happy to share them. And all of them can be found at www.joehackle.com. And there's no E in the Joe or the Hackle. Um, and uh, there's links uh, There's links for educators, for readers, and uh, for book clubs, and also for uh, grant applications. And we'll talk about those in a minute. So the first resource that I'd like to tell you about is called the Building Grant Kit. Um, so, you know, as you heard, uh, Mm -hmm. I've long been a student of um, the things that help students develop grit and resiliency and um, comparing um, the factors that help one student in a similar setting achieve their goals and kind of move up the economic mobility chain while their peers maybe are not able to. And so I drew upon, there's a great body of research and then worked again with experienced educators and a neuroscience major over a period of three years, um, beginning before the pandemic. And then with the pandemic, um, it really um, accelerated our work and we made some, some tweaks to it. Um, but this is a building grit kit and we have uh, two versions of them. This one is the one for young readers and it's about a 50 page workbook, um, completely free on my website. Um, and then the second one is a building grit kit for young adults. And the young readers one works really well for grades, say, three to eight. Um, and then the building grit kit for young adults works really well for high school students, college students, and even young adults. Some adults um, have used it as well. I mentor young professionals, and uh, and uh, some of those uh, young professionals have used it and uh, given terrific feedback. Each of the kits uses fiction as a springboard uh, to help students become the hero in their own journey. So um, as you know from uh, working with your students and I know from my school visits, students love to pick apart character choices and mm -hmm. to examine why characters did particular things and suggest criticize those choices sometimes and understand character motivation and talk about, you know, what they would have done differently if they were in the same situation. Um, so the each kit begins in a very safe emotional space as the students do that. Um, but as they're doing it, they're also developing, becoming more fluent in a growth mindset and starting to develop skills to analyze problems. Uh, students um, then move from that space to, to the internal, and they look at their physical space and they uh, decide the adjectives that they would like that space to communicate to them, and then go about seeking changes and um, finding ways that they might bridge the gap between what the space is currently saying to them and what the space, uh, when they redesign it, can communicate them. Because I'm a big believer in um, the, you know, if your backpack is all messy and disorganized and has, you know, crumpled up papers at the bottom of it, 
you're not going to start the day with the same degree of confidence as if you have you know, all your homework lined up and everything ready to uh, to turn in in the day. And then when you get home at night, if you have a study space, you know, uh, and you don't have to go hunting for a pen, you don't have to go hunting for a piece of paper, and you've got everything to hit the ground running um, when you're ready to do your schoolwork. Um, mm -hmm. Students then uh, develop a vision board and determine some short, medium, and long-term goals. They envision themselves as the superhero in their story as they identify strengths and uh, things that they'd like to work on. Um, they also recruit a team of allies uh, who can help them on their journey, and they uh, work in teams to script out uh, a conversation with allies. And there are questions to make sure that potential allies are really adult figures who have the student's best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, I love, love, love spending time in nature. So all of the activities are interspersed with ways to de-stress and recharge in nature. Um, students uh, work on uh, achieving their goals. And for every single goal that they list, they identify at least three obstacles. And, you know, as you know, the science shows that often when students uh, encounter an unexpected obstacle, their, um, you know, their brain kind of flips and they're incapable at that point of rational thought. So mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. idea behind the, um, the grit kits uh, identifying obstacles is to equip students with tools to when they encounter an obstacle to go immediately into problem solving mode. They encounter an obstacle and they say, well, this is a terrible thing that happened, but I knew it might happen. And I have developed at least three strategies for every obstacle that I identified. And one of those is reaching out to their team of allies. And so they can immediately um, you know, bounce back and move into the process that they've already identified to help them overcome uh, the obstacle. Um, there are lots of team building activities in uh, the grit kit, uh, reflections as they um, build skills and gain confidence and are ready to tackle uh, bigger goals and uh, lots of celebration activities and, um, and also building, uh, looking at tools that they might put in their toolbox to equip them to be even more successful in overcoming obstacles. And um, at the end, I'll mention some grant opportunities, but one of the grant opportunities that I have is a completely free mentored implementation of the Building Grit Kit. And I love to work with schools, especially Title I schools, and I love to do school visits and uh, present you know, myself as a you know, talk about my background as a first-generation college student and talk about how I use this, a simple, ordinary pen to take me from this tiny, uh, overgrown ghost town where I grew up and to get me scholarships to go to college, scholarships to go to law school, and then helps me write smack dab for readers and help me to create uh, resources that I hope that um, that readers and, edu other, um, and educators uh, will enjoy. Um, some of the other tools that we developed, and this is one that can be done, again, whether or not you've read Smack Dab, is this. Um, now, this may look like a simple bookmark, um, but is what I found to be the most powerful revision tool that I've, um, that I've ever worked with. So there's one side for creative writing and one side 
for academic writing. So the way it works is you use the bookmark like a straight edge. And early in my uh, writing and, and actually my professional career, improving any document that mattered at all, I would um, give myself permission to write that really, really rough first draft. <laughs> and then I would uh, print it out and I would um, print it out double or triple space. And if I were writing longhand, I would just leave two or three lines in between each line. And then I would go line by line by line with the uh, with a straight edge and ask myself the questions that excellent teachers like you um, mm -hmm. ask, invite their students to think about. So, for example, in academic writing, you know, focusing on introduction, conclusion, a logical flow, um, topic sentences, making sure that every sentence earns its weight and every word earns its weight. Now, I'll have to say as a writer, I am a pantser, uh, which means that um, that I uh, begin my first draft and then the real uh, shaping of the story is done in revision. And I find that a lot of students do that too. They write a really, really rough first draft and, um, and then may feel frustrated because it's not quite the work that they would like it to be. And they may just feel like, yeah, they look at what they've written. They think it's terrible. They want to just crumple it up throw it away. Mm -hmm. um, so the revision bookmark gives help students have agency and to embrace the uh, revision process as an integral part of the writing process. So we talked about the side for academic writing. Um, there's also one for creative writing and it works the same way. So students go through uh, line by line by line. They ask themselves the questions on the bookmark and um, and then revise and help their work to really shine. And I use the bookmark in um, in everything that I write. And I love um, when I'm working with students and doing school visits and when I'm looking at my own work to see the uh, enormous difference that a few rounds of revision with the um, uh, with the bookmark tool really helps um to change the work, make it focus, make it more impactful, and make every single word count and make sure that every single word is the best word that it can be. Um, on the website, you can also find as part of the writing and revision, as part of the writing and revision toolkit, um, you can also find a glossary of some terms used in uh, creative and other writing and some writing props. And again, those are completely free for download. Some other things that they can find are um, a outdoor adventure kit, and that includes instructions for what you see behind me, which is a discovery center. And that's where readers take things um, that they find outdoors and um, uh, bring them inside, put them in an organized space, and um, then ask themselves questions about what are they curious about? Mm -hmm. uh, about the things that they found outdoors. And um, and there's a list of like three single space pages just to kind of get students' curiosity going. And uh, students love um, going to the nonfiction resources and, it, and really answering their own questions and becoming more informed about their own environment and the things that they see every single day. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so they, they get to make that, that link in, um, it's always fun, I think, uh, when students 
can um, know a, a fact and share with others something that maybe their their teachers may not even know about, say, uh, for example, wood sorrel is this great plant. It has seeds that pop. It's super fun and tactile, um, but it's also a great source of vitamin C. And in my research on outdoor survival for smack dab, you know, I researched a lot of things that if you were stuck in the in the woods uh, with uh, no supplies, there's plenty of things that you can find uh, to uh, to keep you alive and to keep you healthy. Um, so uh, so students have have given me great feedback on that, and I always continue. Uh, to revise resources as I hear from educators about other things that they'd like to see or tweaks that they'd uh, they'd like for uh, us to make. Um, there's also an educator's guide. And in that educator's guide, um, there are also other over uh, 30 lesson plans uh, across the curriculum. And I'm a big believer in uh, STEAM and also integrating subjects across the, integrating your know, topics across the curriculum. So there are things on science, uh, English, mathematics, and others that educators can use with smack dab in the classroom. Uh, as you know, we talked about, I'm a big believer in nature. So there are Woods Time Adventures uh, to encourage engagement with the natural world and a series of cricket challenges uh, for readers to extend their experience out into their real world. And I developed a YouTube channel uh, and uh, you can take the cricket challenge and find some things that you can do outdoors and we continue to update that. There's also an activity guide with activities that can be performed at school, at communi in community centers or in home settings. And there's a book trailer uh, produced by my dear friend, uh, Lila, Lila Burris, um, set in Mississippi and narrated by my other great friend, uh, Jane Rolo. So if the voice is a little bit familiar, uh, you may recognize it as Jane's. And it just kind of gives, it's like a two minute trailer and it gives re potential readers a taste of what the book has. There's also an interactive map uh, with links to the real Southern places that inspired parts of the book. And um, so readers can take things that may have intrigued them in the book, like what it's like to live in a ghost town or um, what is a secret room uh, that inspired the mysterious bird room in Smack Dab. And they can go and visit the actual museum and learn more about the ghost town and learn more about some of the other places that are mentioned in the book. Mm -hmm. um, and they can really, you know, kind of dig in and do some academic projects if they like, or they can just satisfy their own curiosity. Um, there's also a hidden object search featuring items from the clue trail in the book. And I um, loved being part of book clubs growing up. And so I wanted to create lots of resources for both um, young uh, reader book clubs and also for adult book clubs. Because um, adults, yeah, I've heard from a lot of adults too, uh, who've uh, enjoyed Smack Dab. So we created um, book club questions for young readers and for adult readers, and then developed book club menus. And so as a Southerner, I am very, very lucky to have lots of wonderful cooks in my life. And my, uh, yeah, and uh, my dear cousin, Elizabeth Magruder Joyner is an excellent cook and a very generous cousin. And we work together with Genuine Mississippi and came up with a set of uh, dishes 
for the book club menu for whether it's at school for a book club at school or an adult dinner party. And on my YouTube channel, you can see Elizabeth making all of the recipes and, uh, and telling you a bit about the background for, of the dishes. I also wanted to make the uh, experience even more immersive, and I created a book club playlist uh, for Smack Dab. And in that, I worked with the Mississippi Arts Commission. And, and I've got to say, as an author and just as a reader, if you'd ever like to have lots of fun and learn some new artists, I challenge you to create a book playlist. So I wanted to highlight Mississippi artists. And so every um, artist or performer on the playlist is from Mississippi. And through the process of curation, again, in collaboration with the Mississippi Arts Commission, I found uh, some amazing Mississippi artists that I'd never heard of. And uh, one of those is Mississippi John Hurt. And when I'm ever looking for inspiration, I play his songs and they just bring joy to my heart. Um, some other things that you can find on the website are bookmarked with uh, free fun things to, um, to do outdoors and ways to make reading more fun. Uh, readers can also find an interactive clue trail um, a challenge that they that readers who've read Smack Dab can solve using the things that they've um, they've found. They can um, answer a riddle. Each riddle reveals one of three pictures. Each of the pictures has hidden writing. Um, once they find the hidden writing, they'll discover that it's written in a code. But um, because they've read Smack Dab and they've paid attention to Smack Dab, they'll know how to uh, solve the code. They put the code into the um, the book, I mean, into the website, and they can print out their own Blue Solvers badge. And, um, and students uh, who I've heard from have really enjoyed that kind of getting to be an active part of yeah. their own, yeah, of their of their own Clue Trail. Um, and then, uh, oh, I should mention that any readers who have read Smack Dab and would like their own personalized book plate uh, can always reach out to me through the uh, link on my website. And I love uh, to hear feedback from readers. And I also offer free uh, virtual uh, visits uh, with any Battle of the Books team that is using Smack Dab or any schools that are using whole school uh, Smack Dab one coming up um, pretty soon. Um, I mentioned the grant opportunity for the Building Grit Kit, and mm -hmm. all of these grant opportunities are completely free. Um, in addition to a free mentored implementation of the Building Grit Kit, uh, educators can also find a, um, a grant opportunity for a series of nature interventions to help uh, improve student performance on standardized tests. And the way that this came about is I was presenting at the International Association of School Librarianship on all of the research that shows why even bite-sized pieces of nature can not only help students become more calm and relieve stress, but also boost their focus and performance. Mm -hmm. and, and, and as I was driving back uh, from the conference, I thought, why has no one done a study using these bite-sized interventions in perhaps the most stressful of testing environments, standardized testing? And then, because I had great educators like you all in my life, 
I asked, I said, why don't I do it? So I had the great privilege as both an undergrad and in law school of doing empirical studies. And so I've you know, lots of experience with empirical studies. And I was very fortunate to team up with Elizabeth Gross, who's a professor at Sam Houston State University. And together we have this grant opportunity completely free as you don't have to read smack dab. You don't even have to know about smack dab, but we would love to have you as part of this study. And we'd love to get data of, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people who've had the intervention and people who've not so that we can see what works best and uh, add to the scholarship in this area and hopefully help students, uh, equip students to uh, to not only succeed in achieving the scores that they'd like to in their standardized testing, but also to feel much more calm and relaxed doing it. And one of the interventions is as simple as a 15 minute walk within 30 minutes of test administration. And through my uh, presentation at conferences, I've heard a lot of anecdotal um, stories of this really impacting student test scores and also stress. Um, but we'd like to uh, to challenge this in a, uh, a controlled environment where we compare data of folks who had it versus the uh, data of folks who um, have not uh, had those interventions. And schools can pick from one, like the walk, up to four of the interventions. And on my website, you can find frequently asked questions about all of the grants. The final grant is for a free mentored uh, implementation of a nature makeover of uh, whatever school space the educator selects. And uh, as I hope you can tell, I love to brainstorm and I also like to uh, bring research into uh, educational spaces. And together we work to identify opportunities to help the educator's goal for that space uh, be realized and look at what um, low cost and easy to implement measures might help to bring nature into that educational space to not only benefit the students, but to also create a calm, stress-free, nurturing environment for the entire uh, educator community who's using that space. Um, so that's kind of a summary of, uh, of the things that I'm doing, but i uh, love to develop more and am always open uh, to, uh, to new ideas. And um, and as the weather gets warmer, we'll be doing even more outdoor adventures. Sounds great. Sounds great and, and very comprehensive. Uh, I feel as though you are a, a compendium of partnerships and um, resources. Uh, appreciate and resonate with the idea of uh, being a first-generation college student. That was also my story, uh, first-generation PhD. And oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um and also loved what you said there about the revision process, because so often I work with writers and they um, want to get ideas down on paper. But it's that that feeling of like the false perfection of it has to be perfect the first time through. So really appreciated that as well as the partnership opportunities. I'll be sure. And if it's OK, I'll link to your YouTube channel when I share the video. And uh, I'll also make sure to share your website in the video and on the audio. Oh, great. Thank you. And I also have a free website, Outdoorosity, that has lots of outdoor adventures and bucket list of things to do outdoors completely free every season. So um, viewers you know, are welcome to check that out as well.
Uh, and hopefully we'll be adding even more outdoor adventures uh, as we go forward. But I can't thank you enough for this wonderful podcast and the information that absolutely and the information that you're sharing and way that you're really building up a uh, a reading community. So thank you. It, it is absolutely my pleasure and my passion. And, and thanks for the kind words. Glad to talk uh, again in the future as you're working on projects and developing partnerships. And thank you for the time. Absolutely. Well, thank you.